Good evening, folks. This is another episode of Dorico Dialogues, and today I have with me Jacob Morrison. We're going, um, and I'm gonna let him introduce himself. <laughs> All right. Good afternoon, folks. My name is Jacob Morrison. I'm the Secretary Treasurer of the North Alabama Area Labor Council, and I'm a co-host of uh, the Valley Labor Report on 92.5 WVNN in Huntsville, Alabama. All right. So, Jacob, what caught my interest was what you said about how essentially labor organizing is significantly more effective than like, you know, like door knocking and canvassing and whatnot. Would you care to elaborate on that? Sure. So, um, you know, how much time do you got, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, these, these episodes typically no longer than an hour. So if you could try yeah, to sure. you know, fit that in there in an hour and we're good. Yeah. Okay. So we've got a little bit of time. I can kind of go into my backstory and like what brought me to that, you know, so I, uh, Rural, rural Alabama, the conservative family, uh, uh, culturally conservative. Culturally right? conservative. They weren't, gotcha. you know, they're not super political. In fact, most of my family doesn't vote, um, but they're definitely culturally conservative. And so, uh, but I wanted to vote in 2016, um, and I would, I would have identified myself as conservative as well. Uh, but I knew that I didn't know much. I just knew I was like, yeah, you know, I'm conservative. And so this is so I want to learn why I'm conservative. And then I'm going to vote for the best Republican candidate in 2016. And that's what I'm going to do. Right. Um, and so the first thing that I did was I started watching the Republican debates. And it really, really just turned me off. <laughs> like they, You know, I'm sitting here. I don't know. I was 18, 19 years old at the time. And. Uh, they were just childish. They were acting like fools on a national stage. Yeah. Um, I didn't understand the attitude towards uh, marijuana and immigration and um, just lots of things. You know, it just wasn't making sense with me. And so I was like, okay, well, I don't know. I wasn't even planning on watching the Democratic debates, but I, I figured that I, I would give it a shot, yeah, right? And so I did. Um, Bernie really kind of like a light bulb went off. I voted for Bernie, and so I started being more politically active, right? And, you know, the first thing that a lot of folks think when they think of politics, they think of the electoral politics. And right. so that's what I did. For about two years, I really, um, I really dove into Democratic Party politics in Alabama. Uh, I was in the statewide leadership of the College Democrats mm -hmm. here in Alabama. Um, I was active in uh, multiple campaigns in North Alabama, and uh, you know, in 2018, um, I try, I try. Well, I don't, I don't, uh, don't, don't much go at things half-heartedly. So, you know, in, in 2018, uh, after the elections, you know, nationally we saw like a blue wave, but in Alabama, 70 seats went from Democrat to Republican, oh, 72 shit. to be precise. We lost five seats in the state house. We lost two seats in the state senate. We did not win a single statewide office, and um, you know, across across the state, we lost sheriffs, we lost DAs, you know, everything. Seventy-two Jeez. seats in total. Yeah. So you got cleaned out. Democrat, we got, you know, yeah, you know, um, the party shift. It ta it is taken longer the closer you get to the local level, and so. In, in Alabama, you're, they're still getting rid of a lot of old of the old blue dogs, mm -hmm. or uh, they're changing their party affiliation. It's a fun fact: the Democratic state Senate Majority Leader, who was voted out in 2010, was reelected in 2018 as a Republican. 
so, so, uh, you know, so I looked at that and I, I said, you know, I've knocked on a thousand doors. I've made a thousand phone calls. I've donated, I don't know, like $200, you know, that's not a lot, but like I was a college student, right? Yeah. You know, so, um, uh, I ran for the state democratic executive committee and I lost. And, um, you know, I was like, I just don't know that this is, I don't, I don't know Electoral that I feel politics that feel like, like you were effectively changed, you know, affecting anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, really, you know, countless hours that I spent and that other good people spent across the state, literally not a single person's life was made better by any of that effort. Right. Yeah. Uh, into in, going into 20, 2018, the, right. uh, that election, not a single person. Right. And so, um, I, uh, was not happy with that. You know, I grew up culturally conservative. I was not like a Democrat, like a big D Democrat. You know, I, I yeah. have no attachment to the party. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, yeah, uh, you know, so I, I was involved to the extent that I saw it as a vehicle for change. To help for, people. To help people. Right. <laughs> and I didn't see it as I, I'm, I have never been and am no more attached to the Democratic Party than that. And so I said, well, if that's not the best use of my time, then I'm going to try to look for something different. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm not saying that necessarily that is the best thing for everybody yeah. or that it's the best thing in all places. You know, somebody's got to run for office, yeah. right? So, somebody's got to do it. But for, like, personal fulfillment reasons and for broader reasons of, of – of, strategy like i just didn't feel like it was for me yeah no i i, I say to people that uh you know you do what works best for you and we should absolutely do both you know because like you said somebody's got to run for office somebody's got to hold these right. positions you know what i mean if, if and if that's not your thing you know then do something else so was well, mm -hmm. so you 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 focus on your strengths and i'll focus on mine type of deal but so long as we're both trying to bring about that necessary change as far as i'm concerned it's a win-win you know what i mean Right, right. So, so you know, I started reading about the labor movement. I started reading about unions. You know, growing up in Alabama, if you had asked me when I graduated high school what a union was, I wouldn't have really been able to give you a coherent answer. Yeah. But I started reading about it, and it really struck me just the juxtaposition of, uh, of the empowerment that comes from when you're trying to talk to people about organizing their workplace versus the disempowerment that you get from going and knocking on somebody's door and asking, them, uh, and asking them to vote for somebody, right? You know, you know, no matter how good it is, even if it's Bernie or AOC or Ilhan Omar, my, you know, some of my favorite politicians, no matter who it is, what you're doing when you go and knock on a door, and I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking it, like somebody's got to do it and that's fine, I just... I'm, I'm not going to be doing it most of the time, right? Yeah. I'm going to do it every now and then. But, but what you're doing is I'm asking you as a person who does not know you to vote for a person that neither you nor I have met, hope that they win, and hope that if they win, they don't betray you like every other politician has in your entire life. Yeah, that's, that's what a, that's you're a, asking. That's people. a lot to ask of someone. And that's a lot to ask, and that's a lot to ask a stranger. Oh, a complete you know? stranger. Yeah. So, what you're telling people when you're talking to them about organizing their workplace is, I'm not telling you to trust me. I'm, I'm not trust telling yourself. you. 
I'm telling you to trust yourself. I'm yep. telling you to trust the people that you spend the majority of your waking life yep. with. The people you actually and, know. Right. And and I'm I'm telling you that I'm telling you to put put your trust and your faith in yourself and your fellow workers and um and and believe that and and show them that they can change make their lives better. They can make their lives better. Yeah. Right? They don't have to rely on me. As, they don't even have to rely on me as their organizer. They don't have to rely on this politician that they, they yep. have never met. They don't have to wait for an election. You can do it. You can right start now. the road right now to make your life better. It doesn't matter who you work for, where you are. Like, uh, you know, yeah. you can start right now. And you don't have to trust in anybody except yourself and your exactly. fellow workers. And that's really empowering. You yeah. Know? yeah. Because as what they say, like you said with that, is when you're canvassing and asking people to vote for a complete stranger, you're putting the power in the hands, again, of a complete stranger rather than themselves. And I think that definitely right. plays into why so many people feel, you know, disillusioned and disengaged because, well, they, they, they themselves aren't empowered. They, they're expected to put all their hopes and faith in the, into a complete stranger. And then when they're let down, and that takes a lot to, for somebody to do that. And then when they're let down, it hurts all the more. But it's a lot more comforting and empowering to uh, put your faith in yourself and your fellow man, that you, the people you actually work with on a regular basis, uh, to actually be a vehicle vehicle for change. Which leads me to my next point on that, actually, because uh, a lot of people, and it's not taught in schools uh, about just about how cha things have brought change that come about. Like the minimum wage didn't come from just purely electoral uh, politics; it came from labor unions being out there on the work and demanding these better uh, working conditions, demanding the uh, regulations of these businesses, demanding the minimum wages, demanding these things. It came from organized labor. You know, it didn't just come from, we all voted on this one guy and he saved the, he saved the day. It came from, and it's not taught in schools. I don't know if it's deliberate or just left out but uh, unintentionally, but it re there's no focus on the fact that the change came from organized labor. Right. You know, FDR, probably one of the greatest presidents for working people in American history, mm -hmm. uh, he did not initially run on, you know, this radical platform. He was pushed by organized labor. And even things like the civil rights movement. Yep. Do you know who funded the majority of the civil rights movement? The UAW. Do you know who provided the transportation to the civil rights movement, the Brotherhood of Sleeping Car Porters, right? That's like these about. are all, and, and, and th this, the reason for that is that unions are one of the only institutions, the unions in the black church in the case of the civil rights movement, yeah. but unions are one of the only institutions where uh, hundreds and thousands and millions of working people contribute small amounts of money to to pool their resources together and, and they're able to and they're able to create institutions that can fight back against the oligarchs and the monopolists and the robber barons yeah. who have just ungodly amounts of resources that any individual worker will never have. An individual ain't enough, but a union that, that right. collectively we have power to actually stand you, up. You have uh, unions in the labor movement have power in multiple ways. Yeah. We have power mostly from our labor and, and from our ability to withhold it. 
But secondly, we do have a certain amount of financial power through our dues that we can exert um, that, that we can exert for change as well. So my question, uh, so you know, it, it's incredibly important. Yeah. So my question to you then is, because um, I know this is a big thing for people. Obviously, it's like because once you join a union, you are. You, you are risking your employment, and in America, since we don't have any safety nets, losing employment is, a, is almost equivalent to a death sentence, in a sense. So yes. can you tell the audience how unions uh, provide those necessary safety nets so people can remain in a union? Yeah, so, you know, th this is inoculation, kind of. It, 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 it's, you know, there are risks to organizing, and no good, no organizer worth their salt is going to tell you that there are no risks. You yeah. could be fired or you could be retaliated against, but you could be fired anyway. Yeah. I was talking to a bartender the other day about organizing, and, and they were telling me, um, you know, that they were worried about being fired or, or being retaliated against, and, you know, that, that's a reasonable thing to worry about, right? But this bartender also only minutes before told me about how this other bartender had crossed the manager in some way and was fired and this bartender was a, or no it was a brewer and the brewer was the best brewer that they had who they were always on time they were they were a really good worker everybody liked them but they crossed the supervisor and they were fired right for just for personal reasons mm -hmm. and that's fine in Alabama, or that, you know, that's legally. That's, well, that's Alabama's a right to work state, right? Like a right to work. We're at, at will, at, at will, will employment. At, at will employment, right? Yeah, that, which means that employers can fire you at will, essentially. And um, the only way to protect yourself against that is to have a union. Yeah. Right. So that's the only way in Alabama that you're going to have real job security yeah. is if you get a union and get a contract that has a just cause uh, uh, clause in there. Yeah. Otherwise, you are employed at the pleasure of your employer. Yep. And so, you know, yes, there are risks uh, to organizing, but a, there is a bigger risk in not organizing. Yeah, I'll tell you another bigger risk. I was talking to I was talking to somebody at a processing plant here immediately following the death of one of their coworkers and or the, the girlfriend of somebody who worked at a processing plant immediately following the death of, of one of her boyfriend's coworkers and she was talking to me about how she wanted her boyfriend to organize and but he wouldn't because he was scared he was going to be fired and I'm like you know like there's not much I can do there but like you're, you know, there's a risk in not organizing, and at these processing plants, the risk is your life. Your life. It's not just that you could be fired because your supervisor doesn't like you. It's that your supervisor can kill you, right? Like, yeah. your job will kill you. And the unionization is associated with uh, 30 to 50% decreases in traumatic injuries, yep. uh, 30 to 80% decreases yeah. in fatalities. And there's a reason for that. And the reason is that uh, unions often have, especially on these unsafe work sites, they have committee men that are constantly patrolling. Uh, they have people that are making sure that the conditions are, are, are good and safe. And additionally, because they have just cause 
firing clauses in there. Workers are more likely to speak up about unsafe working conditions. And, and, and it, there's even, even if you pass laws and regulations, they are reactive. They go into effect, if they ever do, after something has happened. Unions are proactive, and they are constantly, the because the, it's the members. Yes. You are the union. The workers are the union. So we it's not this other. boss. Right. It's not this boss in D.C. dictating what you do. It's you working out for yourself and your brothers and sisters on the job. Yeah, yeah. I think I like to tell people with regards to that. It's like, yeah, your employer doesn't give a fuck about you. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna demand better working conditions, if you're not gonna demand better pay, and so on and so forth, they're not gonna offer it. If they can get away right. with working you half to death and extremely unsafe conditions, they're going to do it. It's why they deliberately, yeah. uh, like uh, corporate farms, deliberately target illegal immigrants because they don't have anyone protecting them and they don't have the, the they don't have the law protecting them. It's why they do that. If they know they can get away with it, they're going to do it. So you should work from the assumption of. Well, I know that they don't give a fuck about me. I should not. Th I should not then fear them. I, I. You have to care about yourself enough too. It's not just caring about your coworkers. It's caring about yourself because yes, your employer doesn't give a fuck about you. If you if if you can't pay your bills, that's not the employer's problem. You lose an arm, they don't give a fuck. You know what I mean? And they and if they uh, if you don't demand that they be held liable for your injuries or demand is uh, this that and the other thing, it's just not gonna happen. You know what I mean? It's just right. not happening. They're not going to do it. Right. Well, you know, watch, um, watch American Factory. Uh, I don't know. It, this is a documentary about a GM plant in Dayton, Ohio, that closed down and in like 2012, maybe, or something. And then in 2017, a Chinese glass manufacturer called Fuyao bought it, and there was an attempt at unionization there. And just the, the there's this one few minute clip. There's a juxtaposition of there's a worker talking about how they went from thirty dollars an hour to twelve dollars, thirty dollars an hour at the GM plant to twelve dollars an hour at the Fuyao plant. There's a worker talking, and it shows his leg was like ripped open by glass, and talked how he had never had a workplace injury, been a factory employee all his life, Jesus. and now he's had one like in his first few months on the job or something. And then it juxtaposes that with executives talking about how they don't want a union and how the Americans are lazy and entitled, and these are Chinese executives or whatever talking about how Americans are lazy and entitled and, and can't do the job or whatever, <laughs> and like. How dare if us demand better working conditions? Yeah. How dare we demand better yeah, pay yeah. and working conditions? Right. Wow, we're so spoiled. Yeah, it, it, it's just, you know, if that juxtaposition doesn't make you furious, you know, I, yeah, like, I, just, I don't know, you know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> we're not on the same team. We're not, clearly, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, it's, it, we're, and, and like I said, I, say, I keep saying to people, like, that's the reason why they, so many jobs got shipped out is because they can get away with exploiting people and having people in working in damn near slave conditions. You know what I mean? Like, you want the jobs back, but they won't come back unless they're allowed to do to us what they do to people in other countries. You know what I mean? That's what a lot of these factories and the like, they want to be able to do. We won't accept being essentially treated like slaves, and that's the problem. Like, again, that's, like, I'm not inherently opposed they say uh, to capitalism, but that is a, um, a, capitalists are incentivized to work people to death, essentially, to, to get the cheapest labor possible. So if they can get right. away with literal slavery, they're going to do it. 
they're going to. And unless we demand otherwise, it's that they're going to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So that's why, right. yeah, that's why, it's the, and, it's, and I think that's probably why unions aren't taught in the schools, like you labor unions and how they, uh, they were the, the primary vehicles for all the change, that, for much of the change we've had in our society. Because, again, if the more people are aware of labor unions, the more people want to, want to join them. And that goes against our capitalist structure that prioritizes profit over people. Right. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Um, and, you know, I, I, I genuinely believe that, that unions are, um, they, they're the best, you know, easiest way for workers to improve their lot in life. And, you know, there, there are folks that talk about, you know, union corruption or something. And uh, my, I've, got, I've got two responses to, to, to that Please reason do. for not joining unions. And, 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 you know, one is that unions are human institutions, right? Yeah. And, and with any human institution, there will be bad iterations of it and, and potentials for flaws. In it, yeah, yeah, you know. So that's just it's just anything, yeah. anything where you've got people, there's going to be problems, right? But the the second thing is that, you know, so what, right? Like, so what if there is corruption at the top of this union? Um, I'm still only making ten dollars an hour here. Yeah, and you know what I mean. You know, if it, if, the, if this is the only vehicle that's available to me to improve my life, my lot in life, then like, uh, you know, ultimately, like it's it's immaterial. Yeah, it's material in a certain sense, but, you know, fundamentally, it, it doesn't matter a whole lot that there's these folks at the top doing yeah. some bad things. And there are and, and they should be taken down. And there are like in the UAW, there's a lot of corruption up there right now, but there's a really good uh, movement. Uh, within the UAW to reform it, yeah. right? Uh, the uh, Unite All Workers for Democracy, UAWD. Yeah. Uh, there, there's like multiple locals are working to reform that. And as a member of a union, you get to work to reform that. Yeah. But like, don't let those kind of things stand yeah, in the way of like, you know, like, yeah, because there's some union official that did something wrong one time, I'm just going to let my boss do whatever the heck he wants yeah. to do to my body. Yeah, like, screw yeah, that. Screw that. No, for sure. And, and then my question, like I said, make sure you send me those links to all that. Like I said, so we can put that in the description, make sure the audience can get access to that. You said, is there any one specific union you'd like to signal boost you want the audience to uh, maybe support financially? Yeah, so what what I would say is if you're thinking about forming a union, um, do do some research about the different unions in, in your area. Generally, there are labor councils in your area. Okay. Uh, those These are the local bodies of the AFL-CIO, and that's where... Yeah, you know the the uh, the AFL-CIO nationally is is an affiliation of you know dozens of unions, right. and there are state AFL-CIOs and the local labor councils. That's just your regional affiliation of of labor unions that are affiliated with the AFL-CIO. Right. So, um, you know, see if you can find your labor council and and uh, talk to the officers there. Uh, additionally. I'm a I'm a dual carter with the IWW. The IWW is a labor is a is a labor union 
that is open to all workers. Any worker can be a member of the IWW. This is different than most other unions. I said I'm a dual carter. I work for the federal government. I'm a member of the American Federation of Government Employees. Uh, and you cannot be a member of AFGE unless you're in an organized federal agency, right? right? So um, the IWW is different because I'm a member of the IWW. Uh, we're not organized with the IWW, obviously. We're organized with the AFGE. So that's something that's interesting to, and, and that interested me as somebody who wanted to help people with my time uh, because I can't go in and organize like a bar right. with AFGE, right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't, they're not government employees. But I can go and organize them with IWW. Uh, so that's something to check out. IWW is not affiliated with the AFL-CIO, uh, and that has pros and cons. Um, but, you know, just, just do some research. And ultimately, I, I, you know, ultimately I, I don't care so much who you organize with, but just that you organize with somebody. Yeah. Um, the, the, I, the IWW is, is really interesting because of, like, how autonomous you're able to be uh as members of the iww like you get to it, it, it's it, it's a lot more local um and, and a lot more you get a lot more freedom with how you want to structure your own union at your workplace uh than maybe you would with some other with some other unions so it, it's a really interesting thing uh the iww I really like it. It's a lot more militant than some other unions so that may appeal to some folks. Hey, I think um, a lot of people like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, j definitely check out the IWW in your area. Uh, the IWW has a directory. You can go to IWW.org, check that out, or and uh, you know check out your your local labor council and, and see what they're up to. And the officers there should be able to help you kind of navigate uh, which of the AFL-CIO unions would uh, be most applicable to your workplace if the IWW doesn't really seem like a good fit for you. So the labor council would be the first, would be the entry point for people. The labor council and the IWW. I would say look into both of them mm -hmm. um, because uh, you know because the IWW is, is a bit more militant. Uh, it, it requires a bit more effort on your part. If you've got the time to put into it, uh, then the IWW is is really really interesting because because you get to form so much of of what you do at your job with some other business unions um they have paid staff and so they they help you a lot more than the iww does so if you're like a really kind of independent person or you've got a lot of uh independent co-workers and maybe iww is a good fit for you so do some research on the iww and uh, try to check out your local labor council those would be good um uh, uh good good starting points wonderful wonderful all right um so i guess uh that definitely explains the significant more. I would definitely argue that with that, significantly more value in uh, joining a labor union and using that as a vehicle for change than it would say joining a political party and uh, you know being involved with electoral politics. Um, like I said, I still argue the value for both because you definitely want to have politicians, like people in the system that's favor that uh, that favors the unions and whatnot, and uh, will bring about the the specific policies that unions want. So I guess I would say then, do you know if, well, just right now in the 2020 election, do you know of the unions in, 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 uh, are at all involved in this process? Like, let's say, like Biden or Bernie Sanders, anything like that? 
Um, Bernie Sanders definitely solicited more union, um, more m more input from unions than Biden did, uh, obviously. Uh, and but you know, with the Democratic primary being all but wrapped up, yeah. uh, Biden has seen he he just received the AFL-CIO's endorsement. Okay. Um, and he on on the task force there are uh, union folks. I believe the president of the S SEIU is on on the task force for labor. Okay. Um, uh, SEIU is uh, Service Employees International Union. Yeah. Um, and and there's some. I think that um, the president of the uh, flight attendants union. Um, I, I can't remember her name, but she spoke at the 2019 or 2018 DSA convention. Yeah. She's really, she's really good. Uh, so you know, there there are some folks that that are involved. They are involved uh, with the Biden campaign. Yeah. Okay, sure. I think the audience would definitely like to know that uh, that these unions are at all involved with the political process too, like actually trying to sway the policies that come about from you know. Uh, from the Democratic Party because that, that's my big thing with the party is I know for a fact it's got a lot of issues But it's not going to change if people don't demand the change. You know what I mean? And so uh, you demand with from within and outside the party You know, we need people in the fight demanding this change being a part of it And you, it's just things aren't going to change if people aren't if you aren't even trying, you know Yeah, that, that, that's true for sure then with that um I have nothing else for you. Do you have anything for me? Any questions? Anything you'd like to know? Uh, no, no. I, I uh, uh, no, no. I think I'm good. <laughs> all right, all right. Then, well, one more time, if you'd like to pitch uh, who you are and what you do to the audience before we go. Yeah, uh, uh, like I said, my name is Jacob Morrison. I'm the secretary treasurer for my area labor council, the North Alabama Area Labor Council. Uh, I'm a member of the IWW. I'm the branch secretary for the Huntsville branch, actually, and I'm a co-host of the Valley Labor Report. Um, that's a really interesting project that I, I just started about a month ago with a good brother, David Story. He's the president of the Machinist Union in Decatur, Alabama. Um, and, and that's a really interesting project that we're doing because it's on a, a conservative talk station. Right. It's actually the station where Sean Hannity got his start. Um, and Rush Limbaugh plays on it. Mm -hmm. uh, ben Shapiro plays on it. Uh, so, so we're kind of, you know, walking into the lion's den, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah that, that's definitely the lion's den. <laughs> so, um, you know, that, that's, a, that, that's a really interesting project that, that we've got going. Um, and you know, us being union members, un union uh, elected union officials, uh, and talking, the whole point of the show is really to kind of educate the audience about unions and, and what they can do for them. And so, you know, we don't, uh, we're not getting business sponsors like the other shows. Yeah, yeah, no <laughs> so problem. We've got, we've got a couple union adver unions advertising with us and um, some nonprofit groups, uh, some activist groups in the area. But we also, we do also have a Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash the Valley Labor Report. Oh, just and nice. that money. Yeah, and that, that money goes directly towards our airtime. Like, we have to, I mean, the, the airtime for an hour and a half on Saturdays is, is really pretty wild. Uh, you know, I half wonder if, they're, if they uh, price gouged us on the time because it's like rent for a small apartment. It's yeah. pretty ridiculous. 
but uh, but you know, all the money that we get goes towards that, and we're not pocketing anything for ourselves. Okay. Uh, so you know, if you could help us out with that, that would be super great. Um, I think we were I think we're doing some good work um, mm -hmm. uh, uh, for the area. So you know, like check said, us out there. Absolutely, send me those links so we can put that in the description so the audience can support you guys in whatever way they can. Okay. All so, right, brother. I appreciate you having me on. Hey, Flett, thank you for having uh, for, for coming on. Let me just say the goodbye to the audience. Thank you all for sticking around. Uh, like I said, join a labor union, get involved in your local politics, and y'all take care. And